Hello, hello, hello. I am your Jiggly Caliente hostess with the most, is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. The goosebumps. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I am your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And how y'all doing? Yes, Mother Nature is as unhinged as this podcast is sometime. One day it's snowing, the next day it's 60 degrees. I don't know what's happening. But what I do know is that... She's on the Weight Watchers, y'all. She's on, And you know what? Shout out to all of you out there who really like stick to these diets. You know, I have a wedding at the end of April that I'm trying to get this body a little tight and right for. I got to fit in a suit. But let me tell you, um, yes, I can eat whatever I want. It's just a little limiting, you know, because the, it's the whole point. It's a diet, right? I just, I just hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I'm committing, you know, it's good for the mind, it's good for the body. I will let you know um, how it all goes, how it all is going. Right now, um, I'm just trying not to be miserable. I'm trying (laughs) to refocus and, you know, retrain myself into a space of, you know, healthier eating and slimming down the dad bod. Other than that, we have to start with a little food news before we get to the guest. And then I'm going to introduce the guest because we need to talk about this. But Ms. Rachel Ray is um, quitting. Like the show is over after 17 years. Um, that's, that's insane, you know, now, and no matter how you feel about Rachel Ray, because there's a whole lot of opinions out out there, you know, the cheese queen herself, the queen of 30 minute meals, you know, she is an icon. She is a moment. She, um, she has done the thing and we have a lot of, I don't know, a lot of things to be grateful for that she has kind of pushed forward into, into the homes of the home cook. So shout out to you, Rachel Ray. And I'm going to get the opinion of today's guest. So without further ado, let me just welcome and bring him in. Welcome the one, the only, only 
LJ Almendra, say hi. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. It's my day off, so I've just been chilling, doing yeah. you know, doing laundry, cooking for myself, just trying to like you know chill and relax. Well, you know, I know. Well, well, you look fabulous doing it. Uh, oh, in your you. mouth, listeners, please do yourself a favor and look up LJ Almendras's Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? It's just my name. It's LJ Almendras. So that's LJ A L M E N D R A S. Yes. Take a moment while you're listening to the podcast and go go scroll through and look at the beautiful Fache, all right? Because it is as good as the cooking is, guaranteed. But I want to get to, how do you feel about Rachel Ray getting off, going off the air after 17 years? All right, to be honest, I've just, I just heard when you, when you talked about it earlier, that was the first time I knew about it. So I don't have any strong opinions about it. To be honest, like I don't really follow Rachel Ray. Is that, is that a bad thing? <laughs> no, it's um, not a bad thing. She's, I mean, she's just been part of American culture, especially food culture for so long. Yeah. Like I it, said, lots of people have a lot of feelings about her cooking and how she does it and whatnot. And that aside, I could care less. You know, the, according to Celebrity Net Worth, the woman's worth um, $100 million. So she doesn't care about our opinions about her. Right. But like, she's such an iconic, like, food person. You know, you think of burgers, you think of pasta, you think of quick and easy meals. It's exactly. all these things that she brought into our homes, you know? Right. Um, um, what's next for her? I don't like, You know what? She says, uh, that's a good question. I don't know her personally. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't really called me. She hasn't she been returning my calls. <laughs> she hasn't updated you on what's next with her life. Maybe she's just taking a break, taking a moment, taking a breather. Laying, laying on that bed of money. That's yeah, what she's doing. Exactly. Now, according to CNN right here, uh, she goes, my passions have evolved from the talk show format production and syndication model to a platform unencumbered by the traditional rules of distribution. I am truly uh, excited to be able to introduce and develop new and upcoming Epicurean talent, Epicurean talent on all platforms, she said. Look at that. Yes. Right, so she she's going into the production side. Rachel Ray, call us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you know what? Uh, we had to talk about it. I mean, I have only been on the air five years uh, out of this, you know, this year, but um, not seventeen. But I mean, she is big food news. You know, she's big. She is big food news again. You know. Um, so shout out to you, Rachel Ray, and good luck um, trying to spend all that money. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're already off to the races, LJ. But before we get any further, I got to do what I got to do. And in the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Peanut Lovers Day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that there was such a thing. <laughs> yes. Well, you know what's very interesting? Last week, it was National Peanut Cluster Day. And then right. the week before that, it was National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. I don't know why there's all these peanut exactly. days. Like, They're definitely not the same thing. <laughs> no, but it's... why do, do, do peanuts really need all these holidays? Yeah, exactly. Especially to um, 
um, to um, people who with allergies, like that. that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, like, wait, is March like National Peanut Month? Is that why there's all these like peanut things? But no, March is National Fresh Celery Month. March oh. is National Noodle Month, National Flower Month, National Frozen Food Month, National Nutrition oh. Month. Oh, it is National Peanut Month. I I misread that. There so you go. it is. It's wow. National Hot Cro- Cross Buns Month. Uh, it's National Sauce Month and National Caffeine Awareness Month. Oh wow! Who's making all these decisions about what food or food group to to put on those dates? There is this person <laughs> that runs this website called Foodimentary. Um, his name is. Um, why do I forget John Brian Hopkins, who started this a very long time ago um, in 2005, I want to say. And he became like the end all be all for these national food holidays. So much so that like uh, states and government people were like reaching out to him to like kind of curate these like national food holidays. Oh, nice. That's very interesting. I tried to have him on the podcast. I don't know if he's uh, family, LGBTQ fam or not, but he's welcome here because I need to... I need to know the background of all these. Food exactly, food. like, like, what's the what's the thinking behind it? Like, how you choose? Does he just like pick like random dates and like don't sort of do like a lottery? <laughs> I, I I don't know. So some things are like very like specific, right? Specific because uh, it was the day it was created, or you know, seasonal so or something like that. Seasonal or something like that. But like peanuts, it's been it's been a peanut extravaganza. <laughs> <laughs> this month are, do you use a lot of peanuts in your cooking um at the restaurant we definitely have a lot of peanuts so i work in a vietnamese restaurant so yeah it's very common in southeast asian cuisine to use peanuts so like we have like a banana blossom salad with peanuts mm. um we also have a fried fish with like crispy shallots and fried peanuts on top mm. um but yeah it's um yeah it's pretty much common um we 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 just use regular peanuts. We roast them. We crush them. And um, wait, are, is there is there something that isn't a regular peanut? An unregular peanut? Um, I don't know. I, I don't oh, know. are we talking like a honey roasted? Yeah, honey or roasted or flavored or like some people like to like. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I got confused. Candy like peanuts. when you said candy, but what'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, okay, all right. We're here for a nut, you know. Yeah. Like uh, we are just squirrels looking for a nut, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, no matter what you celebrate out there, whether it's uh, regular peanuts or unregular peanuts, today <laughs> we celebrate you. And moving right along into this day in gay history, LJ, did you know that in 1983, a West Virginia kindergarten teacher by the name of Linda Conway is forced to resign from her job after parents complain that she looks like a lesbian. She files a $1 million lawsuit against the school board. However, three years later, the state Supreme Court confirms the school board's right to dismiss her because of her appearance. Isn't that fucked up? That is very, very fucked up. Yes. Also, what does a lesbian look like? (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm not supposed to be laughing, but it's just like... Absurd. It's very absurd. I mean, I know a lot of le- well, I I know a, a handful of lesbians, and none of them look the same. Exactly. 
right? In the, so same, I don't... in the same way, you know, what does a gay person look like? Or what does a trans person look like? Yes. I don't, like, what does, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, granted, it was 1983. But yeah. again, on, on the heels of all these, like, anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans bills, anti-Tennessee uh, just uh, passed that terrible anti-drag bill, which is actually more anti-trans than anything. You know, it's it's history repeating itself, right? right. And so this is why I, I say this every week at this point. This is why I do this, because we it's important that we know from whence we came so we can, like, continue the good fight. Exactly. So, yeah. So shout out to you, Linda Conway. I hope... I hope um, this was just a pivot in your life and you're on to bigger and better things these days. But I want to get to the getting on. And in your mouth, listeners, if you don't know, but you probably already do, Chef LJ Amendras, who grew up in Cebu, one of the islands of the Visayan region, calls upon the taste memory of childhood and applies the skills and experience he's learned in the kitchens of New York, adapting Cebuano traditions and creating a culinary experience that reflects the joyous dynamism of Pinoy food culture through the lens of an insatiable expat. That right there of your bio is everything. <laughs> it's like I, I feel I feel luxe and luxury oh, yeah. already. Capitalizing on his experiences, manning the wood-fired oven at Rolos and the Hibachi Grill at Amatsa Cafe, as much as his role as the food designer for the fast casual Chinese chain Yunzi Kitchen. Amendras caters to the unabashedly un- omnivorous palate. After doing a series of pop-ups, thoroughly Dila last year, he was blessed with a job offer to help open a Vietnamese restaurant in the East Village. He is currently chef de cuisine at Monsieur Vo. Uh, they've o- been open for six months, and he credits his great team who inspire him to be better in his craft. LJ and his food has been talked about and featured in The New Yorker, CNN, and many more. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. (laughs) Welcome. I mean, out of all, listen, it's been five years of this, right? Talking to fabulous food folks with an X um, like you and just reading your bio and, and the way it's presented and how, how like luxuriously linguistic it is right um uh it's 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 certainly one of a kind usually i have to tailor these these bios in one way or another but i just love the way this was presented to me what's it like hearing that back um yeah to be honest like i think luxurious is one way to describe it like i I, i'm also very blessed to have like a a friend um my friend Sean, who who works in PR, who's a great writer, and um, when I when I was doing my pop ups early last year, I approached him like, "Hey, all these restaurants that I'm working with, like, you know, they they want a bio, um, and you know, it's I I I I'm not very good at writing, so I sort of like asked for some help, his help, to um, come up with this um, this bio, and um, yeah, it was just like. You know, it, it, hearing, hearing, like, it was like, for, to me, it was like, I need to, like, approach a friend who knows me very well, who's tasted my food, and, like, knows my story. So, when I, when I sent him, like, just, like, a list of, like, 
my experience and like you know what I you know what my experience is like in the food scene. Um, he did a very very good job in like summarizing and like putting those really nice and kind words. Yes, but I think it's a t- I, I think it's a testament to your food and your style of cooking, which is why it kind of gives us right um, a taste of what you're putting out. Yeah, right because. The way the way I've read articles um, about you and your cooking, right, and how how it's very um, like upscale and flavored, and it's not often a way we think about Filipino food and Filipino cooking, right? You know, and 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 so it's that's what really excited me about it. I was like, oh, this is this is wonderful. This is I already. I already kind of want want more, you know, and I haven't even tasted your food yet. That sounds yeah. That sounds yeah. That sounds like an effective writer right right there. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it truly is very hard to like put into words, um, um, what food, what my food, or like what anyone's food tastes like, or how to describe it. So like it's it requires it requires a lot of like wordsmithing or like you know, yeah. yeah. A word, words, yes, yes, right, great, great, yeah, great, great descriptive. Um, where does the love, where does your love of cooking come from specifically? Um, it really starts with home, you know, at home. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if you, um, if you know that I'm, I'm practically self-taught. You know, I didn't go to culinary school. Um, cooking for me or chefing is like a second career. Um, it started out as a hobby six, seven years ago. And I was, you know, seven years ago, I was just like sort of like at a crossroad in my career. And I was just like working a corporate job and sort of like cooking was like my, my safe space. And it was like a good way for me to like, you know, relax and wind, um, find comfort, you know? And, um, I was just, just kept cooking in, in my, in my sister's kitchen. Back then we were roommates and, to me, like what started, I started cooking because like I was homesick. You know, I, I grew up in the Philippines. I moved here um, almost eight years ago. And um, my sister and I just bonded in the kitchen because we would talk about memories of growing up. And, you know, my mom's cooking, my, my grandmother's cooking. And like, we would just like call her on the phone and like walk us through recipes. And like, we would just like um, do it together. So that's how it started for me my love for food started with that. It was like something nostalgic. And I think um, that was, that word was used in, in my bio. You know, it's like all, everything that I do always um, springs off from, from a memory. Um, and like how I always think of how I can make it relevant and current um, and apply it in, in, you know, the New York setting. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's everything starts from a memory, you know, and we're forever talking about like how, how, you know, food is the great unifier and like all these life events happen about food, you know, whether it's breakups or celebrations or, or, you know, like catching up or whatnot. But I think it's, um, you made a very interesting point here about, um, all your cooking starting from a memory and what a great uh, perspective to like kind of 
you know, throw yourself in into a kitchen, whether you're whether you're a professional or a home cook or just, you know, or just kind of want to try something, yeah. you know? And it was it was. um yeah, it, it's interesting that you use the word throw away because I literally did do that. <laughs> I moved to New York with zero experience in commercial kitchens. And I just like the best advice I got when I started cooking or when I decided to be a cook was that go to like restaurants. And at that time it was in New York. Um, and then taste the, sit down, taste the food. And if you like it so much, talk to the chef and ask for a job. And like, that's literally what I did four years ago when I moved to New York and to me it was like, you know, like how things can be intimidating when you're, when you want to learn something and like, it's very, very intimidating only because you're scared that you're going to fail or you're not, you're going to suck at it. But then when you, when you tell the person or at that time, like the chef that I wanted to work for, I just said like, Hey, I'm a home cook and I have zero experience in commercial kitchens, but I love your food. Um, and I'd love to learn. And to me, that was just like, to him at that point, it was just like honest. And like, you know, it, it was, there was like a story there. And he said, and I said, like, I have a lot of experience in like office, corporate offices, but zero experience in, in the kitchen. Um, I know how to follow directives. I know how to, I know how to, you know, respect someone's work of art or like creativity. Um, and that's all I have. And, and, and fortunately, that was enough. Um, and yeah. the rest is history. Well, we often hear a lot of stories. I'm, I, I just am putting this together. I hear a lot of stories about people leaving the corporate world to become chefs, right? What What is that? Because, you know, the corporate world can be really hard in one way. But sometimes, sometimes the kitchen, especially behind the line is real hard in a ver- and grueling in a really different way. Oh, much, uh, almost more so than like sitting in that office. You exactly. Know? What, what, why do you think that is? Why do you think, like, what was it for you that wanted to leave, you know, and dive in there? I feel like I, I, I was doing it for nine years. So I was doing PR, marketing, and events for nine years. And, um, you know, if, if you work in a corporate world, you know, in this capitalist world, you're, you are working for someone, you are working for, for a product or, you know, for someone's vision. And I guess in the kitchen, it's very, very similar, but the, the, the main reason why I, I decided to make the move was because I felt so disconnected from what I was doing, you know, whether it was the product that I was marketing for, or like the event that I was, you know, you know, doing, I just like, there was like a disconnect and I was just like, felt like, you know, I didn't have a purpose and, um, food was different to me because like, again, like when I mentioned earlier that it started, you know, from being homesick and like bonding with my sister in the kitchen to reconnecting with family at home, there was just like, it, it gave me so much joy and so much purpose. Like, oh, this is something that I can pursue. And like, I feel so connected to it. And let's see if I'm good at it. And I'd like to think that I am to some extent. And like, isn't wouldn't it be great to like pursue something you feel very connected and at the same time be good at it? And yeah. So when was the aha moment? When was that like, aha, I've made it. Or aha, this is the thing that like, really like, this is really it. You um, know? 
to be honest, like I, I, yeah, I tell my closest friends this, but it was a breakup. <laughs> I was going through a breakup back in Seattle because I, before New York City, I lived in Seattle. Um, oh, so she's single. Yes, I am. I am single. Um, Just so you know, <laughs> India Math listeners, slide into the DMs, but slide in respectfully. <laughs> um, that's funny. I told you, I, I'm dumb as hell. <laughs> that was funny. Didn't didn't see that coming, and um, I have no intention about. I had no intention coming into this podcast um, talking about my love life or personal life. But um, listen, we cover yeah, it all really here. Do. This is full you spectrum. Really all right. Um, listen, he's got a he's got a good job. <laughs> he's well known. <laughs> I don't know about well known. I, um, all right. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was you know I was already cooking and I was working a corporate job back then. And um, I went I was going through a breakup and. Um, you know, I mean, we've all gone through breakups and, you know, it was a very hard time for me. And when, when, when you're going through, you're, when you're going through some hard times, like sometimes you just need to like focus or divert your attention to something else, you know? I, and to me, that was maybe it's time for me to do some, you know, some change in like some aspects of my life. Um, and to me, that was that was my career because like I was already like very uninspired in working, and I was going through the breakup. So I was like, oh, I need there has to be something that would inspire me or like put you know some put some light under my whatever. And then, so I was talking to a friend back then, and I said like, I'm thinking of like quitting my corporate job and like finally pursuing food. And he said, she said like back then, my friend Robin was telling me like well, why don't you move in with me? Like, I'm moving to New York. Um, New York's a great place. That's a great food scene. Um, and I said, like, yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a few Filipino restaurants there that I follow. And, um, yeah, the next thing I knew, I was I booked a one-way ticket to New York City. Um, and my I had, like, had enough savings. And I said, if I don't find a job within two months, then I'll just come back or go back to Seattle. And luckily, after a month, I got offered a job doing research and development for the uh, fast casual restaurant um, that you mentioned earlier. Um, so, yeah, sometimes like it just takes, you know, it just takes something like a life moment to like push you to pursue something that you've been putting on the back burner. No pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of, and I want to pivot before we cut out to the break here. Speaking of like pursuing something and like life changes and whatnot, we often talk about coming out on this podcast because we never know who's listening and our stories are important. And so we don't, we never know who we can inspire or affect. I was wondering if you would share your coming out story with us. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, I actually came out not too long ago. So I came out when I was 30. Well, I came out to friends when I was like in like 19, 20. Um, but to me, like coming, when you say coming out, it's like coming out to family or like the very, very. Sh- Look, I always say these days coming out is a never ending process. Yes, so, and exactly. I get all sorts of, all sorts of, responses you know we don't qualify coming out here on the podcast it's just what part of your story or or what is 
what story do you want to share? Yeah, and I think that's coming out to my to my mother because like when I came, although I came out to like friends and like some family members when I was in college, um, it never really felt like it came out because like I was still hiding to some extent. I was still not was I was still very a huge part of me was still very uncomfortable in my own skin and like you know so to me the story I would like to share was coming out to my mother um when I was 30 years old six years ago um we were traveling um and the reason why I I came out to her at that time was because I was you know back then I was I was couple I had I had a partner and I was very much in love and I was very much happy in that relationship and like I felt like you know, I've had boyfriends before, before, before him, but it just felt like, you know, um, that was the moment where, oh, this is how I want to live my life. Um, this is how I envision myself. Um, so I felt like the one last thing that would, you know, would complete this is to finally um, come out to my mother um, and accept whatever response or feedback that I get from her, whether it's rejection or acceptance. And I was like ready for that. And I think to me, that was also like a very significant time in my life because like I finally was able to like come to terms with the idea that if I come out to my mother, there's just, it's just going to be two ways. It's either she's going to take it or not. And I was prepared for either. Um, so yeah, I did it. We were traveling in Paris. Um, so gay. <laughs> Such a gay coming out story, right? Um, I, I I felt like it would be good to like come out to her while we were traveling because traveling is one of the few things that we really enjoy doing together. You know, we don't have a lot a lot in common. Um, my mom and I, and I felt like if we if I did that in a in a in a in a at a time or an activity that we, we can sort of bond together, it would be like, it would cushion it to some extent. Um, but yeah, um, I did come out to her and uh, it was at the restaurant and I made sure that I paid for, for the bill. I made sure to, to show her that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm okay. You know, life's treating me well. I figured it out. Um, and um I did not get the response that I wanted or I expected. And, um, it was, it was, it was very painful. It was, um, um, I mean, to cut the, not to cut the story short, but I basically, you know, walked her through like how, you know, growing up was difficult because, you know, I wish I had a mother to like talk to about my sexuality and like dealing with just like all the bullies out there from high school all through, all, all through college, like how I went through like conversion therapy, just because like I felt there was something wrong with me. I enrolled myself to one, like all those traumatic experiences that I had, like I shared it to her and I thought she would be more empathetic. I thought she would be more, you know, she would like listen really well and like understand where I was coming from. But I got a very, very difficult response from her. And like, you know, back then it was very hurtful, but because like she basically asked me to like you know to be to be discreet about it you know like she had zero idea in her words that you know I was gay and to her um what's important if is is that you know if this is how you are or who you are can you at least be discreet about it and that really broke my heart 
Um, but things have changed, you know, dramatically for the past, you know, that was six years ago. You know, it was, we left that restaurant um, both in tears. We went back to our Airbnb and like, we just didn't talk to for the rest of the night. And then the next day I brought her to the airport. Um, and I said, like, I need a few more days. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, be, be with myself. Um, and I think both of you, both of us could use some space. And then she was just in tears. I was also in tears. And then, and then she just sort of like told me like, you know, whatever you said and whatever I said, um, just know that mama loves you. And to me, that was like, okay, there, there's something here to, to, that we can work around. And, um, yeah. And then from then on, it was just like a process, you know, um, and although the first response that I got from her was, you know, very negative or like not what I desired, um, she sort of like recovered from it and took it back and just like, you know, just talked from her heart and just like, yeah. And it was, it was very important for her to say that, you know, um, and I don't take anything against her, um, especially now, because like, I know she's from a different time. She's a Catholic woman. Um, she still goes to church, prays the rosary every day. Um, she still lives in Cebu, where I'm from. And it's a very, you know, it's a very a conservative um, um, city or part of a part of the country. Um, but we have gotten better so much. And um, yeah, that is my coming out story. <laughs> yeah. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for, you know, letting us hear your story and letting me carry that for you forward and uh, tell your story. It's, it's important. It's important to hear. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting again, to hear the perspective of, you know, I, we all throughout all the stories, right. We always go in expecting one thing to happen and more often than not, that doesn't happen. Right. Good, bad, or good, bad, or indifferent, you know? And hearing stories like you, hearing that, like, you can start in one place and work through and come out better on the end is is inspiring, and it's beautiful, and it's, and it's wonderful, you know? Exactly. So, so hopefully we, we've inspired somebody out there today as well. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, yeah. It, and, like... Yeah, and I guess like 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 just like looking back, like you know, I could have I could have dealt with it in you know just hearing the words, you know, can you be discreet about it? Or I can't believe you're gay, or you know, it's just like very hurtful. But also at the same time, like it, for I had I had the right to be like mad for you know, you know, in that situation, but I chose not to, and just kept my you know sort of like bit my tongue and just sort of like understand where she's coming from. And I think it really paid off because it allowed her to like think more and like really reflect on not only in, on the words that I, that I said, but also in the words that she said. And I think that was really important because, you know, we're like, whatever comes out of our mouth, sometimes it's not, you know, like, especially on yeah. the spot is, it's not what re what we really mean. You know, it's just a, yeah, and uh, and it's a bit of a testament of meeting people where they are, mm -hmm. you know, and and seeing if you can grow from there. You right. Know? Right. 
um, giving pe- giving people a little bit of grace, you know, um, when grace is when grace is due, and like seeing seeing where we can go from there. So that's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. Thank you. I want to leave it there. I okay. think this is a lovely moment. Yeah. I think you and I should grab a cocktail, <laughs> and we'll be right back <laughs> with my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, LJ, I hope you're ready for my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the podcast. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Ooh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Updates. Airline passenger says he was served a single banana as the entire vegan meal. Oh, my God. <laughs> my God. Well, at least there was something there, at least, right? I mean... <laughs> I like that you took... I like that you took this glass half full. I was mad. I was mad for him. No, the reason... The reason why... But, yeah, I, I, I'm taking it, like, half glass full is because the number of customers in restaurants that, that we turn turn away because we don't have enough vegan dishes. It's it's quite a lot. You know, we, we've pissed off a lot of vegan customers. And that's the reason why I said, like, at least there was something in there for for, for that person. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've read someplace that you cook very vegetable forward as is. No? No. Uh, well, in my, in, this is for my pop-ups, yes. But for, yes. The, where the, for the restaurant where I work at right now, it's very, very focused on meats. Um, Got it. This is kind of why I I chose this, right? right? Just because of a lot of the things I was reading. Right. So this comes from Food and Wine. All the food news today comes from Food and Wine. Still not a sponsor five years later, Mm -hmm. but thank you for always keeping me in the know. So a business, a business class, not business class, a business class passenger flying on Japan Airlines from Jakarta, Indonesia to Tokyo, who says they were served a banana, one single banana as a vegan meal. Chris Chari wrote about his experience, asking other users if they had a similarly underwhelming meal service on this particular route. Before takeoff today, my flight attendant confirmed that I ordered the vegan vegetarian meal and that my breakfast was a banana, which by which I mistakenly assumed she meant that breakfast included a banana. When she served the banana after takeoff, I thought it was just an underwhelming appetizer, but it was, in fact, the entire meal service. Oh wow, that's that's really that's really sad and unfortunate. Um, I was I was waiting that you know the banana was infused with something or yeah. nope, it was a banana and it, chopsticks. Or it was it came with chopsticks. <laughs> God. I mean, this is I uh, like why offer a vegan vegetarian meal if you don't 
have one to provide. Yeah, exactly. And what's the chopsticks for? It's just like adding more insult to injury. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, so you could eat it slower? I don't know. Maybe? Uh, you can at least have fun it, with it. Like, you know, here's, yeah, uh, here, hey, here's our hey. dish. And also we want Listen, to I've had fun. I've had fun with a banana or two in my life, and it <laughs> never included chopsticks, okay. LJ. Okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're here for this. Like, the, the non-vegans got the snack option during the flight was seared tuna with Moroccan eggplant salad, cheese, orange salsa, and a baguette. I mean, they couldn't throw this man the the Moroccan eggplant salad and the baguette? I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, like what? Well, here's the thing, though. To be fair, there are no chefs on airlines. So there's really... I mean, something must have happened. Maybe the vegan... Um, no, sir. Sir. <laughs> I was. I just took Turkish Airlines to Thailand in January. And in that first class, that business class, which I was not sitting in because I'm chef. not rich. There was a chef there. Oh, interesting. He had the chef... I don't know what he was doing up there, but he had the chef's hat and the chef's coat. The chef's got in sick that, that day or in that flight. Maybe. maybe. And the flight the, the, the flight stewardess you know, take, took control and said like, hey, you know what? Let's just toss a banana and call it a day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're here for this. I don't know if we're here for this or not. I, <laughs> Do you love that I'm defending the airline? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We're amused by it. So maybe we are here for this. <laughs> An entire Tennessee town is covered in whiskey fungus. Oh, my God. This is real weird. Apparently, if you take your fingernail and run your fingernail down our tree branch, it will just coat the tip of your finger. So residents of Lincoln County, a community of 35,000 in southern Tennessee, say they've had enough of the black mold quickly coating their homes, streets, and public spaces, and they're ready to make Jack Daniels fix it. And as Insider explains, the mold, known as... Bodionia company. I can't even. I'm not even going to bother. With that. <laughs> or, or by its name, whiskey fungus grows uh, thanks to the ethanol vapor given off by the whiskey distilleries, or in this case, the one by Jack Daniels located in this town. Oh, oh, that's crazy. That is crazy. It's um, it sounds like a, a plot, a story plot for The Last of Us. If you, if have you, are you caught up? <laughs> No, I am not caught up. No spoilers. But I have, but I am obsessed with the traitors. Have you watched the traitors? No, I have not. Is it also oh. fungus related? No, it is not fungus related. <laughs> is The Last of Us fungus related? Yeah, isn't it? That's the reason. That's the reason why. Wait, don't, no spoilers. Okay, you, have, you haven't seen an episode. No. Okay, then you have to watch it. Okay, so <laughs> I'll put that on the list. I need something new to watch. But, um, you know what? This is especially with like the train derailments that just happened in New Palestine and them like allegedly like poisoning everybody and Flint, Michigan, the water you still can't drink, all of this. You would think I obviously these big companies have like this money grab, right? It's all a money grab. Fine. But like or not fine. But you have all this money, right? And it would only benefit you to protect the community that is around you because the more support for the community, right, then those are the people working for you. Those are the people supporting you. Like, why? What? It seems like a no-brainer, but 
these greedy people are like, well, who cares? Let's just poison the community. Oh my god! It sounds like you know some negligence in there. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. They're suing uh, Jack Daniels and as they should. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jack Daniels has a statement in here that I lost. They'd like to see Jack Daniels install proper ventilation systems to remove the ethanol and curb the growth of the fungus. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully Jack Daniels will get this together um, because this is not... Because you love this... Jack Daniels? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not a whiskey guy. Are you a whiskey guy? I am not. I am not. That um, brown that brown liquor will mess you up, honey. It does. I, it's too much sugar for me. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. We're not here for this. We're not here for the fungus. <laughs> We're not here for the whiskey. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm going to stick to my mezcal and my tequila. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and last but not least, Styles P and Chef Daniel Hum launch a new high-end PB&J spread. We're using our platform to encourage incorporating a plant-based lifestyle, even if it's just one small meal at a time. Have Wait, you heard about this? Who's the first person you? He's a rapper, Styles P. Oh, Styles P. I don't even know who he is. I, I didn't know either. I had to look yeah. that up. Um, and Chef it's... Daniel Hum of Eleven Madison Park mm-hmm. are doing are paired together with Hip Hop's first jarred PB and J spread. Yeah, it's it's kind of well, it's kind of like similar to um, who who did the collab? Uh, Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, yes, yes, not the yes. first time. You know, I thought this was weird because I'm like, who is buying fancy peanut butter and jelly? Oh you know? God! Like, I mean, there there is a ton of artisanal, you know, condiments and like that's you know going on trend these days, and that are being sold to like Whole Foods and and yeah. those. I'm not really surprised there, and especially I, I, for for Daniel Hum. Like Eleven Madison Park is, you know, it's, you know, did you hear that that they're like closing or like you know it's they're they're putting an end to fine dining. Like they 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 made an article about how fine dining is not sustainable anymore. So like maybe this is his next step. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, there there's so many things to talk about here. First and foremost, I picked this because it's National. Peanut Lovers Day. Right? There you go. Secondly, um, so Styles P is no stranger to the plant-based movement. And in 2018, the musician and his wife opened Pharmacy for Life, hip-hop's first health food shop, to increase the accessibility of holistic eats in underserved com- uh, communities. We all know that Daniel Hom relaunched 11 Madison Park, regarded as one of the best restaurants mm. in the world, into a plant-based high-end eatery, even though there was tale of like a secret meat room in there. I don't know if it was true or not. Oh did my you God. hear about that? Did you hear I about did that? not hear about that. Like for the very that. wealthy, there was like a secret <laughs> room you can go and have meat at 11. Ha- I don't know, <laughs> allegedly. But um, apparently they... Uh, We made the commitment to use our creativity toward a plant-based future because that's where our food system needs to go. So this PB&J spread is available through 11 Madison Park Home, and it retails for 15 bucks, right? That's a a lot of money. It is. So why? How big is the jar? (laughs) Not very. So it's like one of those jars that's half peanut butter, half jelly. So um, it's infused with maca protein and Pharmacy for Life's Irish Sea Moss. Beyond the added benefits, a portion of the cost also goes towards supporting Styles P and Chef Hum's mission to boost 
community food accessibility, and proceeds from all 11 Madison Park home products support the brand's food truck that donates meals to food insecure communities in partnership with Rethink Food. So I, I can be here for it in that way, you know? Yeah, because there's a, there's a cost behind it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think, I think, I don't know if you know anything about Weight Watchers, but like, I think it could be high Weight Watchers points just because the jelly and the sugar. But right. you know what? A, a sensible couple tablespoons on a, on a, on a, an Ezekiel bread maybe will cost you a, a, it'll be like a five point snack for all you dieters out there. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> And with that, you y'all should see LJ's face. He's like, "What is this mofo talking about?" <laughs> and with that, I think that's the best way to end the food news update. Yes, yes, I like your tattoo. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, what is it of? He has a tattoo in your mouth, listeners. You can't see, so, but he has a tattoo on his hand. What is it of? Um, it's a, it's a, it's part of an artwork. Um, I was raised very religious and it's sort of like my fuck you to it um the sacred heart of jesus like the oh, yeah. flames on top of the heart like that's part oh. of the artwork yeah. yes flames. flames flames on the side of my face flames <laughs> Ooh. no 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 clue reference for you oh what my god huh? what are you referencing what are you referencing the movie clue oh i haven't seen it it's is a- that related to the the board game yes it's where okay, the board okay. game came from Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't Pop culture. It's fine. You know, there it's you it's very gay. It's also a very like just iconic like drag. It's queen. very gay. It's interesting. Gay. Mo- it's, yeah, it's very like campy, campy, okay. gay, sort of. We'll, we'll include that to my watch list. Yes, please do. It's it's great. You know, here on your day off. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know, your LJ's probably like I'd much rather be watching Clue than <laughs> sitting here <laughs> with you and your nonsense, Michael. <laughs> Oh my god! What's, no, I, what's next? I'm enjoying for you? Time, what's time next you. for you? I hear there's another pop up coming. What is next for you? Tell the kids what's coming up next. Well, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do like another pop up. So like I just did one um, in February, and I'm trying to do some, some a pop up during the spring. Um, um, I don't have a date yet, uh, but I'm sh- I'll I'll make sure to of course blast it in my social media or in my Instagram. Yeah, why why um, the pop ups? So it's just like a way, because like right now, I mean, I'm I, I still work five days a week at Monsurvo. Um, that's my, you know, that's um, my regular. That's how I spend my day to day. But Dila is a sort of like my, you know, I I want to keep it going. It's my passion project, and it's my way of like honoring my food as a Filipino. Um, and just you know, just you know, it's always nice as you know as a chef to like continue, you know, just putting your work out there. You know, working with different at different kitchens, different restaurants to sort of like keep yourself relevant and also like learn from other chefs or in other kitchens. There's, you know, there's, there's still a lot to learn for sure. So, um, and that's why, that's the main reason why I'm, I'm doing this still. Lovely. Lovely. So we'll mm-hmm. have to, we'll have to keep a look out for them. Tell the kids where they can find you, give them all the handles, the Instagram, the Snapchat, the only fans, the website. <laughs> Um, I only have, I, yeah, yeah, I only have Instagram. That's pretty much, you know, the social media that I can, you know, make sure that I can update and like use on a regular basis. So it's LJ Almendras. That's L-J-A-L-M-E-N-D-R-A-S. It's just my name, plain and simple. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you'd like to try my food, um, I, you know, we're open Tuesdays through Sundays. Um, it's called Monsirvo. It's in the East Village, um, 104 Second Avenue, um, on the corner of Six and. Um, yeah, drop by. You know, send me a message on Instagram if you want any help with any reservation. I'm very, very much need, happy to uh, do that. I need to come by. I need to come yes. by. Yes, are you are, are you based in um, New York? I mean, I live in 120 square feet of Times Square gloriousness. Oh my God, you are at the heart of the city. I, I was, am. I was, I was just in that neighborhood last week because I watched a Broadway show for a friend's birthday. Oh, what show did you go see? We we watched um, Chicago because we're both fans of of James Monsoon. How was it? I hear she's fantastic. Oh, it was fantastic. It was really good. I've seen I've seen that show like seven years ago with a different cast, and this was like so much so much better in my opinion. Um, Jinx, of course, like really really you know came through and really like did what she does best. Um, Yeah, she did an amazing job and. I think you'd think that you know she might outshine the other cast members, but she did. Every everyone in the cast really like was amazing and did a stellar job. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Highly recommend. I love that. Before we close out, I have a hard time saying goodbye with people I like, and I want to go back to dating uh, really quickly because I am on a new mission to date more this year. And it's not going great, but it's going like the ball is rolling. It's yeah, just been. That's re- all that matters, right? It, it, it's it's just rolling. It's rolling slowly and not very well, but it's going. <laughs> it will get better. How do you feel? How do you feel about dating in this city? It's uh, to be honest, I I I think we're on the same page. I wanted to be get get better, but it hasn't been great. And I feel like it's because I also keep a very busy schedule, and my days off are Mondays and Tuesdays, and I spend my nights in the restaurants. So it's really really hard to date. Um, but I feel like, you know, it's, it's hard. That's, that's the simple question or the simple answer to that question. Um, but you know, I just feel like it's just going to be a matter of time, you know, um, that, you know, it, we just have to give it more time, I guess. If the right person comes, the right person comes. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. (laughs) That doesn't really help. I'm I'm focusing on different apps, right? Even though I'd love to meet people out, but nobody really meets out anymore. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't been successful in apps, too, to be honest. It's just like neither have I. Yeah, it's just like it's very interesting. It's just an interesting conversation I, that I started last week, and I was like, oh, I forgot to update the children. Not that they care about my love life, or maybe somebody <laughs> out there does. I don't know. Well, it's an <laughs> this is a good update to whoever is listening that we're both single then. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, LJ, thank you so much for coming on and giving me time out of your very busy schedule on your day off. Even I really, really appreciate you coming on and talking with me. And now you're part of my big gay food village, which is an honor. Very, very special to me. Very special to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me in this your platform. You're doing an amazing job and I I have nothing but, you know, respect for what you do and like um I just hope that, you know, your your podcast just gets bigger and bigger and you like you reach out to more listeners out there because I think what you do so, is very very important. 
Hopefully, maybe there there's something afoot here that that will eventually change. I don't know if it's a book or something, but like there's such a collection of queer food stories over the years that it needs to be compiled in a different way. Yeah, you know. So, um, if you're out there and you want to help me with that, great. Go. But I can't pay you because I'm broke. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to like have some sort of agreement. I don't know what I'm saying. In your mouth, listeners. Um, you see, we're off the rails again. We're off the rails. <laughs> and the ambulance is coming to take me to the loony bin. <laughs> have a great day out there. Stay safe. The weather is getting nicer. Um, be kind to yourselves, especially if you're dieting like I am. Um, it is what it is. Love yourselves. And other than that, as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.